kind of where we're actually going to go tonight. Uh, so let's pray real quick, and then we'll get into the Word. Father, we thank you for this night. We thank you for this opportunity once again to come and hear your Word, come and study your Word. Father, we thank you that uh, this Word can create life in us. This Word can create power in us. And Father, if we receive it with everything that you have put in it, uh, it's going to bear results in our life. So I thank you, Father, that we come with our attention on your word, hearing your word, and uh, excited about doing your word when we get out of here so that we can see it bear the greatest results in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Go to Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18. We're going to begin a new series uh, that we'll kind of discuss for a few weeks called Watch Your Mouth. <clears throat> Watch Your Mouth. And we're going to kind of talk about some confession talking about what our words uh, have to say. But before we understand what our words can do, we need to understand what words can do, period. Uh, we need to understand the power and the potential of words and what words can become and what words can do. And that way we will properly understand uh, how these words, the second that they exit our mouth, uh, have the potential to do something great in our lives. And so uh, tonight's message, uh, I'm titling uh, Words That Produce. Words That Produce. And I want to start it off with this. Your words are always producing something. Words are always producing something. And the thing that you have to identify in your life is if you're not seeing it in your life, you're probably not speaking it with your mouth. This is going to kind of be your, your theme for the next several weeks. If you're not seeing something happen in your life, you need to take a look at what you're saying. You need to identify what's coming out of your mouth. Because you're going to see here over the next few weeks that uh, everything happens in life, uh, it always has a sound that goes before it. If you have ever been around railroad tracks, you know what's coming. You know what's about to show up by the sound that it makes. Maybe there's been some time you've been outside and you've heard an airplane in the sky. And you don't see it. You're looking around and it's not there, but you know it's coming. Why? Because you can hear it. It makes a sound. And you're going to find out in life that your life always has a sound that precedes what's coming. And so what we have to identify is how do we get the right sound so we can get the right thing to follow it. And if we're seeing something show up in our life, that means that we've been making a sound that has brought that thing to pass. You ever, you know, you, you've been to the movies and movies are controlled by soundtracks. Soundtracks are very important. Me, uh, you know, I'm a musical individual, uh, not as great as, you know, some and not as great as I'd like to be. You know, I play the drums and that's it's pretty much limited to that. But um, uh, I, I listen to soundtracks in movies, you know, and you'll find out that the music sometimes will give away what's about to take place. For example... We could, have, uh, we could have a young lady walking down the sidewalk, and, you know, she's just in normal attire, just wearing a, a, a blue dress, walking down the sidewalk, and 
um, you know, not really showing a whole lot of emotion. But based upon the music that's playing at that time, we'll kind of give you a clue about what's coming up next. It might be, you know, something funky and jazzy and, you know, you might think, oh, she's going to meet a friend. She's going to grandma's house. She's going to, uh, you know, she, she's, you know, just having a great day and just walking down the sidewalk. But you can just change the soundtrack. Same scene, same girl, same sidewalk. Doesn't matter what side of town you're on. And you change the soundtrack to something that's eerie and something that's kind of forementioning that something. And you begin looking around and you're saying something's coming to get her. Something's getting ready to pop out of a corner. Someone's about to try to take her kneecaps out. Uh, you know, she's about to get kidnapped. Something is about to take place here. And that all changed not because of the picture. Not because of the scene, not because of the natural environment she was in, but because of the sound that was made. And you knew what to expect. Well, your mouth is the same way. You can create a soundtrack to your life to where you always know what to expect, regardless of the natural scene, regardless of who's involved. Regardless of what your current situation is, you can always know I'm either going to expect something bad or something good. And nothing has to change in your picture. Nothing has to change in your life. Nothing has to change in your current situation for you to know what to expect. Nobody has to come to you to expect a financial, uh, you know, an awesome financial situation. No one has to come to you and say, man, I just want to bless you today. No, by the words that you're speaking, you can already be expecting something great financially in your life, even though it's contrary to what's going on in your life at the moment. And so I want us to focus on the soundtrack of our life, and the soundtrack of your life is your mouth. You'll find out uh, through this message and through messages that uh, will be coming up that a lot of what we see in life is dictated and determined by what we're speaking in life. So look at uh, Proverbs chapter 18. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 21. The New King James Version says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its what? Fruit. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, let's define fruit real quick. Let's define what is fruit. What does that even mean? How do words produce fruit? Because today, we're going to talk about words that produce. Fruit is something that is produced based upon a source. Fruit is produced based upon a source. I mean, any fruit that you see coming off of any tree, any crop, naturally speaking, you can tie it back to a source and you know what was sown into the ground. If you see apple trees on a, on a tree... What kind of seed was put in the ground? An apple seed. Very simple. If you see oranges on that tree, what kind of seed was put in the ground? 
oranges, an orange seed. I mean, you can't literally plant oranges in the ground. And I don't know, maybe you can. <laughs> no, you take the seed, which is the source. So this tells us that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Not in God's power. Not in the power of, of this word. Our words. In the tongue. What's that mean? Whatever is exiting your mouth has the power to create death or create life. Your words carry the potential to kill something or to create something out of nothing. That's what life means. Life means to come out of nothing. When there's life, it doesn't have to be in something that creates life. You can create it. And I'll show you how your words carry that process. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. You can kill it or create it. And those who love it will eat its fruit. That means something is being produced from a source. What's the product? Death or life. The fruit that you're going to eat in your life is either death or life coming out of your words, which means that your words have to be tied to the source that's creating death or life. And if the tongue is able to do both, that means that it's up to us to hook our words up, hook our tongues up to the source that's now going to produce that. Because you can't plant death seeds and get life fruit at the other end. And you can't produce, uh, you can't plant uh, seeds of life and then you're going to be spitting out a bunch of death. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't work that way naturally. It doesn't work that way spiritually. Whatever you're looking to produce in your life, you have to sow that kind of seed. And so our words have the potential to put out death or life, which means we have the obligation and responsibility to make sure we are either planting death or life. That's, that's how our words work. Look at this in the New Living Translation. The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. You ever said that about someone? Man, they sure love to talk. That's something that we say a lot about our friend uh, Matt Hunt that was just up here. And all of our ushers can say amen to that. He's very long-winded. But it's good. There was a day when it wasn't good, and he still loved to talk. I'm going to tell you right now, as a believer in the kingdom of God, you need to love to talk. The longer you're silent, the longer nothing changes. You keep your mouth shut, and heaven is shut. But when you open your mouth, you're now moving God himself. You're now giving God the obligation to intercede on your part. God cannot do anything with anyone that wants to keep their mouth shut. So you have to be one that loves to talk. The only thing is, is you're going to reap the consequences of what comes out. 
So we have to make sure that what's coming out of our mouth is what we want to produce. So therefore, we've got to make sure that we're putting something in that produces that. Look at this in the message. Same verse. Words kill. Words give life. They're either poison or fruit. You choose. It's up to us, amen? So these are our words. James chapter 1, verse 26. James uh, 1, verse 26. Says this uh, in the New King James, If anyone among you thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue but deceives his own heart, this one's religion is useless. James is saying here, that if you think you call yourself a believer and you want to operate in the, in the kingdom of God and you don't have self-control in your mouth, then you're only fooling yourself. Why is self-control so important? Because it's up to us to control what's coming out. The Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart... The mouth speaks. It's out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. Caleb, can you look up that verse for me? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Why is that so important? All right. If I want to get a tree, if I want to get apples, let's get to the fruit. If I want to get apples, what is the source of the apples? What is the apple directly connected to? The tree. If I want to get an apple tree, what do I need to put in the ground? Apple seeds. The apple seeds have to be put in the ground for me to bear apples on the tree. If you want to produce life, or if you want to produce death, you have to plant the seed somewhere. That verse, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Now, that's not talking about our natural heart. The heart is a reference to the spirit of the man. So you can say it this way. If you want to get life out of your mouth, you have to put life into your spirit. If I want to get apples off of a tree, I have to put apple seeds in the ground. Your spirit, man, is the ground that the seeds of life or seeds of death go into. That's why it's so important that we guard our spirit, man, guard our minds. How do you do that? You have an eye gate, you have an ear gate, and whatever's going in here, whatever's going past your gates is going into your spirit, and then your spirit can only produce what is gone in. Your spirit is only going to produce words of life if you're putting words of life into your spirit, man. See, that's what we value in our children's ministry is we have the opportunity to plant words of life. Kind of a, 
uh, Christianese term, uh, churchy term that we use is speak life. Speak words of life. Well, that's what the Bible says. The Bible says that you can speak words of life. You can speak life to your finances. You can speak life uh, to your children. You can speak life into your marriage. You can speak life into your job situation. You can speak life to your career. But now watch this. You can speak death to your marriage. You can speak death over your children. I don't mean death in the sense of natural death, they're going to die. I'm talking death to the life that is in them. You can speak death to your finances. So that's why he says here in James 1.26 that you're not a believer. You aren't operating in the kingdom if you don't know how to control your mouth. Because it's your choice. Well, how do we control our mouth? You control what goes in. A believer that has no control as to what goes into their spirit, man, is not going to have any control as to what comes out of their mouth. We have to guard that. As believers, you can't just watch whatever you want to watch. You can't just listen to whatever you want to listen to. You got to get around something that's gonna that's gonna uh, plant life in you, so you can produce life later. If you don't, if you're having a, a rough financial situation, and you're just around a bunch of friends and a bunch of coworkers, a bunch of people that are in the same situation, and they're just constantly speaking death, you've got to get out of that. You've got to get around people that know. That God is the provider. You got to get around people that know that God is the source. You got to get around people that know how to speak life into their finances. Why? Because that will plant a seed into you. You've got to get in the word. What does the word say about your finances? Because that word is a seed that goes in and it will produce words of life. If you plant words of life, you'll get words of life. It's going to be real hard for you to walk away saying something good about your marriage if you just talk to people that are always talking bad about marriages. And so you have to be able to speak the opposite of what you see. You have to be able to speak life into situations or otherwise you're producing death. We started off by saying that your words are always producing something. So we have to plant the proper seeds. Look at James 1.26 in the New Living Translation. If you claim to be religious, but don't control your tongue, you are, a fool, you are fooling yourself and your religion is worthless. It's, it's worthless. You call yourself a, a citizen of the kingdom of God, yet you talk like a citizen of the world. It's worthless. It doesn't mean anything to you. Your citizenship of a kingdom, of a system that's different from the world, doesn't mean anything to you because you're still operating by this and you're still talking like this is more real than that. Look over a couple chapters in James chapter 3. 
James chapter 3, uh, James chapter 3, verse 2. Verse 2 says, for we all stumble in many things. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Imagine being able to have full control over your life. There's a lot of people that live life day to day, and they feel like they have no control over what happens. That's why I said your words are the soundtrack of your life. Words create an expectation. Just like I said, music creates an expectation. The words of, that are coming out of your mouth are the soundtrack of your life, and they create an expectation of what's going to happen in your life, regardless of what you're currently seeing. So James is telling us here that you could literally have control over your life. And if you're able to control your mouth, you can control your life. If you're able to operate in self-control in your, in your mouth, you'll be able to dictate what your life produces and what happens. You can actually dictate what happens, what your financial outcome will be. You'll be able to dictate how your marriage operates. You'll be able to dictate your life on a daily basis by changing the soundtrack of your life, by changing the words, because if you can control your mouth, you can in turn control your life. Verse 3, indeed, we put bits in horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn their whole body. Watch this. If God can get a hold of your mouth, he can get a hold of your life. If if you will give God control of your mouth, then he'll be able to operate your life according to his promises, according to his word. It's almost as if he's putting a bit in your mouth and now you submit to his ways. You submit to his word. You submit to uh, his righteousness. And when you are speaking in line with God's word, now he can get his promises to produce in your life. If God can get a hold of your mouth, he can get a hold of your life. Let's go a little further. Verse 4, look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds, they are turned by a very small rudder Wherever the pilot desires, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. Your tongue, if you can get your tongue lined up, it will cause you to withstand even the strongest of storms. Even the strongest of trials. Even the strongest of tribulations, if you can get your mouth to operate properly, it will actually allow you to steer through life's situations unharmed. Wherever the pilot desires, you're the pilot. 
And if you can get your mouth, the rudder, to operate properly, you can use your mouth to get around that financial crisis. Get around that breakdown in your marriage. Get around those kids uh, that don't seem to want to operate properly. Uh, Get around that current job situation that doesn't seem to be taking you anywhere. Your mouth can steer you through depression. Your mouth can steer you through sickness. Your mouth can steer you through anything that would try to come against you. No matter what storm, no matter what trial, no matter what tribulation comes against your life, if you keep your mouth positioned properly, if you control what's going in and control what's going out, you will come out on the other side unfazed. That's literally what James is saying here. Let's go a little further. I mean, I love that in verse 5. Go back to verse 5. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. What's he saying? He's saying the impact of your mouth, the impact of your tongue, is not proportioned to the size of the tongue. Even though a small member and a small part of your body, that's why we talk about uh, the church being the body of Christ, that even the smallest member can be so important. Even the smallest member can create such a great impact. You can't look at the size of your tongue and say, ah, it doesn't do much. It does a lot. Have you ever seen the rudder of a boat compares to the boat itself? In comparison, very small. doesn't matter what size boat. You can get the largest uh, cruise liner. And sure, that, ru- that rudder will be massive, but compared to the actual size of the boat, it's not, it fails in comparison. Yet that thing will steer that thing through storms and through anything that would try to come against it. And so James is saying here that the size of the impact of the tongue is not proportioned to the actual size of the tongue. Go to verse 6. Or let's finish verse 5. See how great a forest a little fire kindles. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The tongue is so set among our members that it defiles the whole body and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. For every kind of beast and bird and uh, uh, of reptile and creature of the sea is tamed and has been tamed by mankind, but no man can tame the tongue. It is an unruly evil full of deadly poison. With it we bless our God and Father, and with it we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God. He's saying out of the same thing, you've got blessings and cursings. The tongue can produce a varying result, and it's based upon what you're putting in. Let's keep going. He says, out of the same mouth proceed blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Thus no spring yields both salt water and fresh. What's he saying? Your tongue is tied to a source. 
And until you change the source, you'll never, produ- you'll never produce a different result. Until you change what your tongue is connected to, it will never produce anything other than that. This is the potential and the power of your tongue. This is the potential that your tongue contains, that it can produce a result based upon what you connect it to. See, this is one of those areas that, uh, you know, we, we kind of see in life and, and we kind of forget about. It, it's kind of, it goes unnoticed in one sense. But the problem is, is that the results that your mouth is producing, they're not going unnoticed. The, the, the things that are troubling our lives, that's the thing that's showing up. And then we say, well, what's causing this to happen? And then if we could listen to our own soundtrack, if we could record our daily conversations, we'd find out, oh, wow, I was really expecting this the whole time. I was talking like this was going to happen. Why should I be surprised that this happened in my life? the power of your tongue it's the power of our words that's the power that we can produce if we'll connect it to the right source i want us to walk away from this series and have a greater idea a greater picture a greater awareness of what we're saying on a daily basis and i want us to begin to catch ourselves and operate self-control then stop what's coming out because if it's coming out of your mouth it's going to come out of your life now i want to show you how much god values his word his word god values his word if you go all the way back to genesis chapter one how in the world was the earth even created by words God himself couldn't do anything until he said something about it (laughs) how many of you think God values his word absolutely because he knows the second I say it that's what's going to show up then he said let there be light and what happened and there was light Let the firmament be separated. Let the sky move to one end and the water move to other. Let there be trees. Let there be this. Let there be that. And he spoke those things into existence. Then he gets down to verse 26 of Genesis chapter 1. And he says, let us make man in our image according to our likeness. So let me clue you in on something real quick. Your words have the same creative power that God's word has. If you're made in his image, if you're made in his likeness, then guess what? Your words can produce the same results that God's words can produce. See, we've lived too long and we haven't actually believed that statement. Because if we did believe that statement, we wouldn't be saying half the stuff that comes out of our mouth. We're talking about confession. We're talking about kingdom confession. We're talking about words being the most powerful thing you can connect to in the kingdom of God. 
God values his word. 2 Samuel chapter 22 and verse 31. As for God, his way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. He is a shield to all who trust him. The word of the Lord is proven. How is it proven? Every time he says something, it happens. Every time he speaks something, it takes place. You don't have to doubt it. You don't have to second guess. His way is perfect. The word of the Lord is proven. And he's a shield to all who trust him. If you will trust in his word, it will never let you down. Look at Psalms. Psalms chapter uh, 138, verse 2. I will worship towards your holy temple and praise your name for your loving kindness and your truth. For you have magnified your word above your name. You can put it this way. God's word is as good as his name. God's word is as good as... As his name, look at this in the New Living Translation. I bow before your holy temple as I worship. I praise your name for your unfailing love and faithfulness. For your promises are backed by all the honor of your name. They're backed. That means his promises are as good as God himself. So guess what? If God is faithful, if God is true, if God will never leave you nor forsake you, then guess what? His words are faithful. His word is true. And his words will never leave you nor forsake you. That's how powerful his words are. That's how much uh, value he places on his words. Isaiah chapter 55, one of my favorite passages in the Bible. Look at verse 10. For as the rain comes down and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. It shall not return to me void, but it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. What's he saying about words? He's saying that the second my words are released, they will perform whatever I release them to perform. Look at this in the, uh, the New Living. The rain and snow come down from the heavens and stay on the ground to water the earth. They cause the grain to grow, producing seed for the farmer and bread for the hungry. It is the same with my word. I send it out and it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to and it will, pros it will prosper everywhere I send it. Now, God put something in motion that when you plant a seed and then you produce, from, pr pr uh, produce fruit from it, that fruit now contains seed itself 
that can now go back in the ground and continue to produce. In every living thing on this planet, he has given it the ability to reproduce. When God created the earth, he didn't reproduce anything. He produced something. Every human being on the face of this planet contains seed so that now your generation doesn't have to stop with you. You weren't produced, and then there was no way to make more. You were produced. You were given seed that now you can reproduce. Matthew chapter 13 says, The sower went out to sow seed. And later on in that chapter, Jesus defines the seed as the word of God. So watch this. I get in God's word. I get in God's word. And I plant a seed in me. Well, that seed now, that seed will now produce life. How? It'll produce life in the form of my words. Because if you take an apple seed and put it in the ground, it's going to produce an apple. If you put words of life in you, then you're going to produce words of life. But watch this. Now, every time you speak those words, now those words are going forth, and now they are becoming seed for whatever you're speaking to. So, if I have a financial situation that doesn't line up with God's word, I can either speak death or I can speak life. If I choose to get around words of life, I plant the words of life in me, then I begin to speak words of life over my finances. As I'm speaking those words of life, now seeds of life are going into my finances, and guess what they're producing? Life. Do you see the chain reaction? You're not going to speak words of life if you don't plant words of life. You will not speak words of life if you do not first plant words of life. Now, a farmer sows a seed. Why? Because he wants to see something. And when that farmer puts that seed in the ground, you know what has just happened? The second he puts the, that word in the ground, and he takes care of it, and he waters it, and he begins to harvest it, he has an expectation of seeing something based upon a seed that was put in an unseen place. Are you guys getting this? Are you guys understanding the connection? This is valuable to your life. If you want things to change in your life, you have to change your mouth. When that farmer plants that seed, he doesn't go out the next day and say, where's my apples, man? I put the seed in the ground. 
No, his expectation is based upon something that cannot be seen. You don't see the seed. It's in the ground. It is in an unseen place. But he knows if I water this thing, if I take care of this thing, if I take care of its environment. See, here's the problem. A lot of people, they get around words of life. I'm ministering. But they don't take care of the environment. And I'm planting seeds. I'm just throwing seed out right now. I'm planting words of life that are meant to produce life. But if you get that word of life and you go out there and you get it around something that wants to attack the words of life, guess what? Those words of life will become unfruitful. So we have a responsibility to take care of the environment that I'm planting in. What's the environment? You? Your spirit, man? What's the soil? Where do the, where do the words of life get planted? In your spirit. Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Throw that up there real quick. Jesus said, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. That means that if you want to produce life, you have to plant life. And the planting takes place in your heart, in your spirit man. So don't get your spirit man up in here and I'm planting seeds of life so that you can produce words of life and then go out there and get it around a bunch of garbage that's going to attack the seed and cause it to become unfruitful. Be responsible to get your words, to get that seed around something. What do you got to do? You got to water it. So you know what? If I give you a word tonight... Or if you go in God's word and you get a seed out of here, you have to water it. How do you water it? Meditate on it. Study it. Memorize it. Look it over and over and over and over. If you got an issue with peace, you got an issue with peace in your life, and, and, and you just, you, you're just fearful, you're always worried, you're always operating in anxiety, then you have to get a word from God, a word of life that'll speak to the peace. But guess what? Hearing it once won't produce peace in your life. You have to water it. You have to meditate on it. You have to keep seeing it, keep hearing it, keep saying it. And then you begin to speak it. And now you're finding yourself talk peace in the midst of all kinds of crazy situations. What's happening? Now that seed is beginning to bear fruit. But guess what? Now those words, those fruitful words that are starting to show up, they have seeds inside of them. And so now as you speak those words into peaceful situ, uh, speaking words of peace into situations of fear and worry and anxiety, guess what's going to happen? You're going to be at peace because now you're releasing the fruit that's carrying the seed of peace. 
It's all connected. It's all connected. The same thing goes for words of death. If you get around, if you're in a, if you're dealing with peace and you're not able to operate in peace and all you're hearing is fearful, worrisome, uh, anxious words, I can promise you those same words are coming out of your mouth. But here's the words. But here's the problem. Those words have seeds. And now you're just replanting seeds of fear and worry and anxiety into your situation. And nothing's changing. And James says, you're just fooling yourself. If you can't control your tongue, you're just fooling yourself, man. We have to be people that can control our tongue. Matthew chapter 4, verse 4. The devil came directly against Jesus. I mean, this is the showdown of a lifetime, man. I mean, you, you, you find out these two are getting ready to set up and do battle, and, you know, people are paying to see this fight. Okay? And you're thinking, man, what's Jesus going to pull out here? I mean, he's going to put him down. He's going to put him in his place. What kind of, what's he going to use as an attack? How's he going to come against him? How's he going to defeat him? And Jesus came back with one thing every time. And in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 4, he says this, It is written, man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If you will plant the right words, you will speak the right words, and you will live that thing that you're looking for. You will live that thing that you've been waiting for. But if all you're doing is getting around words of death, discouragement, fear, anxiety, not going to make it, loneliness, if those are the words you're planting, those are the words you're speaking, and that's the situation you're in. Your life is dictated by your words. Words contain the power of the source from which they derive. Words contain the power of the source from where they come from. See, it's not just the source that's powerful. Can we all admit that God's word is powerful? Well, guess what? God's word in your mouth is powerful. Watch this. Mark Hankins says this a lot. I love it. You want to write this down. This is something that you'll want to carry with you for the rest of your life. God's words in your mouth 
are just as powerful as God's words in his mouth. Boom. I mean, that ought to make you just want to jump up and down to realize that all the promises that he has put in his word about you, if you can just say it, and if you can just speak it, it'll cause that to happen in your life. I mean, that'll just make you want to go home and there's nothing that can stop you. Because if you can just speak the right thing in the midst of any trial and circumstance, any situation, it's going to change. Because it contains the power of the source. I mean, nobody here would argue with me that God is powerful. God is faithful. God is true. God's going to come through. Nobody here is going to argue with me about that. You wouldn't stand a chance. We know what the Bible says about God himself. But then when you realize that the words that come from God are just as powerful as he is himself, you won't want to say anything else. You won't want to talk about not being able to make the next mortgage payment ever again. You won't want to ever talk about not being able to find the right job ever again. You won't ever want to say out of your mouth, my marriage isn't going to make it ever again. Because you'll realize if I just speak what God's word says about all my junk, it'll change. And you'll develop an expectation because you have changed the soundtrack of your life. Words cause things to happen or not happen. If you're not seeing the things that you want your life to be producing, look at what you're saying. And we say it a lot, man. You've got to speak life to that situation. You've got to speak life over those people. Speak life over your family. Speak life over your kids. You hear us say that, and that's what we're talking about. Because I'm going to tell you, there's only two options. You can either speak life or you can speak death. There's no middle ground. You're either speaking to your finances and speaking life, and they're going to produce life, or you're going to be speaking death to them, and they're just going to produce death. We've got to begin to take a look at what we're saying. Words can kill something. That means words can suck out even the little bit of life that is there. can drain it of that. I mean, until something is dead, it's alive. There's no halfway alive and there's no halfway dead. Well, it's almost dead. Well, that means it's alive. And I don't care how close to death your situation is. I don't care how close to death your marriage is, your finances are, your children are. I don't care how close to death uh, your, your physical body is. If you would change what you're saying, you can raise that thing back to life. Or you can speak death and kill the thing off completely. Because your words can do that. Your words can kill something or create something from nothing.
Your words can restore marriage. Your words can heal your body. Your words can change your financial situation in a heartbeat. Your words can change that coworker at work that you've already written off as, they're not going to make it, man. They don't want Jesus. I've talked to them about them plenty of times. Have you talked to God about them? What have you been confessing over them? Have you been driving home saying, man, they're not going to make it. They're just too hard. Is that what you've been saying? Or have you been going home saying, I believe they're going to find Jesus. I believe they're going to find the hope and the restoration that they're looking for. What are you saying? What are we communicating? What's coming out of your mouth? Because bottom line is the results that you're seeing in your life. The fruit that's showing up in your life is a result of the seeds that you're planting in your life. So we have to guard what we're planting and we will see a different fruit. Father, we thank you for your word tonight. Father, you value your word. And Father, we want to value your word the way you value your word. Father, your word is valuable. It's precious. It is worth more than silver and gold. It's worth more than the most priciest thing on the face of this planet. And we place no more value on anything else than we do on the words that you speak. And Father, if we will speak your word, it'll be just as powerful in our mouth as those words are in your mouth. Father, we're only fooling ourselves if we think we're operating in the kingdom, yet we won't speak like the kingdom. Father, we want to take a check tonight We want to look inward tonight at the communication that's been coming out of our mouth. The words that have been coming. Have they been words of life or have they been words of death? And Father, we know that that's only because of what's being planted. So Father, we determine in our lives tonight to begin to plant words that will in turn produce the results that we want to see in our life. Father, above that, you have given us your word. Your word will produce the results that we're looking for. We believe your word. We obey your word. We adhere to your word. And Father, we confess your word. Nothing is changing if our mouth isn't changing. Nothing is moving if our mouth isn't moving. And so, Father, we cause tonight this proper seed to be planted so the right fruit can be planted and so we can see our situations change in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.